bitch, you need to hear this. Hello, hello, and welcome to Bitch, You Need to Hear This with your bitchiest host, Katie P. And I have a fun one for us this week. This is um, adding to that series I was talking to you guys about with our story. Last time, our story's topic was about toxic masculinity, and I had Gabby and Brad on the podcast. And this um, episode of Our Story is I think a poignant one for many reasons and I think a lot of people can relate to this a lot of women especially um and it is friendship breakups so I think people talk a lot about like uh, I don't know how uh, how obviously like romantic and dating breakups are the hardest thing ever and no one like really talks about like when you lose your bestie or you break up with your bestie like what you all the feels and what you go through and it's really it's different but it's kind of not so we're gonna talk about that topic today and I felt that the best way for me to bring this topic to bitch you need to hear this was to bring the one that the girl that I had a pretty epic friendship breakup with as a guest so welcome Riley Dixon to the podcast Hi. Hello, Riley. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for agreeing to do this. As you guys may have gathered, Riley and I um, don't hate each other. (laughs) No, we love each other very much. There is no bad blood whatsoever, but we're going to talk about like our story of like how our friendship break how our friendship came to be how it imploded and how we picked up the pieces and (laughs) just like how you know what that affected us as people and how we relate to friends and all the things so um I met Riley and I met back in high school junior year junior year well Well, it was your junior junior, year or no no it was your junior year my sophomore year right no, it was my senior year, your junior year. Are you sure? I think we original. I think I knew who you were, like your my junior year, your sophomore year, but we didn't really start hanging out until we were in a child development class child. together. Yeah, child development. And Miss Donnelly. Yeah, what up, Miss Donnelly? We all. I also shouted out Miss Donnelly out. <laughs> on an earlier episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of memes made in that child development class. If you guys remember Lauren's story from like way back in the beginning of the podcast, Lauren and I also had Miss Donnelly as a teacher, but so anyway, Riley and I, um, really became close. We sat next to each other in that class and it was really interesting at the time because I was really, really, really in it about my first breakup with Voldemort at that time and I was like really in my feels and really really struggling and and I don't want to I don't think we like bonded because of that but we like it was separate from that but like I think it was just a unique time I was in a very vulnerable state emotionally (laughs) and so I think it was really nice to like make I made a few new friends during that time and I think that really helped me kind of like yeah, get over that. Definitely. I don't know what I definitely wasn't bonding over what you were no. going through with Baltimore because no. I had never been through anything like that <laughs> and still haven't been through anywhere near anything like that. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, we just, I don't know why. We just, we're both Geminis. We just like, uh, we're very similar personalities. We're both strong willed. <laughs> like, I think we just bonded over being similar. Yeah, no, like we just clicked. <laughs> and yeah, we weren't yeah. like bonding because of the breakup. It was just that we just clicked and we started hanging out, I swear to God, like every, every day, <laughs> definitely every weekend. And we became like besties all through my senior year of high school. Um, and for years after that. And like, I would say like for many years, you were like, you know, one of my numero unos. I mean, if like anything happened in my life, like you were one of the first people that I called or texted or you know what I mean? Like we were really, really, really close. And then we also had our friend Olivia who we're both like still friends with. And I, I just went to visit Olivia a couple weeks ago and, um, we all we all just became very close over the years. We became like friends for a very long time. Right after, so Riley is a year younger than me, so she graduated a year later. And right after Riley graduated, she I went I was at college at Michigan State, so not far away. But she ended up going and moving to Colorado, and she really had this whole vision that she was going to financially emancipate. Excuse me. She was going to financially emancipate herself from her parents so that she could get her associate's degree and then earn in-state tuition at um, to go to CU Boulder, right? Yep. So, and Riley was like so committed to that, you guys. I mean, our friend, my friend Olivia and I were like, uh, would, we would always say how impressed we were with her because I mean to f- like financially fully emancipate yourself at 18 like that's no fucking joke yeah it was not fun I mean it was fun but it was a lot of hard work it was yeah working you know three jobs and going to school and trying to ski and party and do all the things yeah yeah and oh it took a toll on dude I could never live that life again it was a great time but wow, I'm glad I'm not living that lifestyle. I felt like you were like in your element at that time though. Definitely was in my element. I mean, I was where I wanted to be. I was happy. I mean, the first, you know this, the first six months in Breck were like so hard. I cried every day. Like I talked Mm -hmm. to you all the time. I talked to my family all the time and I really wanted to like actually move home. But then, like, something turned after six months, and I started making friends and, like, getting more involved in the community, and it was just like, okay, no, this is where I'm meant to be, and, like, I'm so glad I stuck it out, but then, as you know, it all came to, like, a tragic end. <laughs> Riley's story is not as tragic as mine, but it, it was a little bit not, of a drama. Not nearly as tragic, but it definitely rocked my world. It, it was it was a rock. It was, it was a world rocker. So at the time that Riley had decided that, like, it were, at the time, it, when it came time to apply for in-state tuition and go and live out her dreams at CU Boulder... Um, and get her bachelor's from there. There was a big snafu in that it has to do, it's all, I mean, whatever. I don't need to go in the logistics of it, but it has to do with medical insurance and bullshit. And she was denied for in-state tuition. And it did rock the fuck out of you for a very long yeah. time. I mean, basically, I had talked to the school 
for months ahead of time. I had planned to go to Australia. Katie had inspired me to be an au pair in Australia. Australia, as you heard, she did that. And so I, you know, finished my associate's degree in the fall, didn't want to transfer in the middle of the school year. So I went to Australia, talked to CU Boulder before that, told them about my plans. They're like, you'll be fine. Then when I'm in Australia, they make me come back early because they changed their whole in-state tuition process and applying for it and all that. So I came back a month early from Australia, did all the things I needed to do and got denied because I was on my parents' health insurance and they lived in Michigan. So I had some options, whether to transfer back to home and go to Michigan State, stay in Colorado, get my own health insurance, work for a year, reapply to CU Boulder, or stay at the community college I was at in Breckenridge and do like a four-year degree there. And, you know, I was 20 years old at the time. And I was like, well, if I don't go back to school, like, like if I take a year off, like who knows if I'll go back to school? Like I can't take a year off. I need to, especially like where we grew up, it's like everybody goes to college. Like, that's what you do. You go to college, you get a four-year degree, you get a job, like, you live this suburban lifestyle. Like, that's... I think we, we I think we actually talked about this in Lauren's episode, too, is, like, you, there's, a, there's a path, and you need to be on a certain path. And I think now, like, being so far removed from our hometown, like, that's a bunch of bullshit. But we, like, really... I mean, you really feel that way, especially when you were young. We were young and in college and whatever you really do and it's funny because my parents never put that expectation on me my parents were always like we just want you to be happy you can do whatever the heck you want we just want you to be happy and to be able to support yourself like do what you want and you know I think it was more the outside expectations of just like our community and what everybody like we came from a very like uppity like high expectation yes we did like yes we did so yeah I think at that point I was like well my basically in my mind my only option was I need to go move back to Michigan and finish my degree at Michigan I think you were like I need to get this degree done I need to like finish college I'm not taking another year I've been I've been doing this for now two and a half years I'm like I need to move on from college. I'm not delaying this another year. So that you so you did end up going back to East Lansing. Do you think in hindsight mm-hmm. now that you're like a bunch of years removed, not a bunch, but a few years removed from that, do you think you would have just sucked it up for the extra year knowing what you know now? Oh, in hindsight, I would have stopped after my associate's degree and I would have been done with school. I I wouldn't even done my bachelor's at all. I truthfully think our fucking, like our, uh, what is it? Education, like is a scam. Like, unless you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, like unless you need to like specialize in something, a veterinarian, but if you want to go into like business or something, I'm sorry, you do not need a fucking degree. It is all about who you know, being persistent, like 
being a good person and putting yourself out there like and making building relationships with people i think in some spaces a degree gets you in the door but once you're in the door doesn't fucking matter anymore yeah i mean it will get you in the door some places but i mean for what i want to do yeah i don't fucking need a degree like yeah i think i think we were sold this lie that like everybody has to go to college no matter what and like you're a failure if you don't and i think i don't think that's why weren't trades talked about like like why aren't like you know being like a electrician or like a plumber or a hair stylist or an esthetician like why isn't that talked about like it was like where we grew up it's like those were like frowned upon almost and it's like what the fuck like that's so not okay and like those are good jobs and like you don't need to go waste a ton of money on a four-year university on a four-year university degree and then like be in all this student loan debt right like right i don't know i just wish like our options were laid out to us more and like it was more like heavily talked about like what you're taking on when you're going to school like if your parents aren't paying for it completely like I was very fortunate my I like my whole associate's degree was paid for but then like once I went to MSU like, I had to start taking out student loans. And, like, that freaking sucks. Well, I think in general, you were just really defeated by the time you made the decision to go to Michigan State. And I think there was just a lot of... I don't know. I don't I don't know if you were feeling like you were a failure, but you just felt like it changed you. How about that? I think it totally oh. changed your disposition and your outlook on life for a while. And definitely you were in a you were in a space that you didn't want to be in. And that like changes anybody's mood (laughs) and happiness and motivation Mm -hmm. and desire. Right. Like when you're just and I mean, from when you moved to East Lansing to the day you left, you were like, I don't want to fucking be here. I don't want to be here. This is not what I wanted. This was not my vision. And I'm just doing this because I think I have to and without any clear like um, why that made sense for you. Oh, 100 percent. Like I was miserable there. You know that. Like yeah. I I moved away because I mean, we graduated from a big high school and then half those people go to Michigan State. And they all stay friends with each other and they don't branch out really that much. And like, I'm not saying that's a terrible thing or a bad thing, but also like you're not like learning. I mean, even going world, even even going to Michigan State, like I didn't hang out with any of those people. Um, I mean, I would run into them and stuff, but like. I, I, I think though they didn't it was too it was so comfortable for most of those people and they just didn't have to like they didn't have to branch out um and I didn't I mean this is like another episode for another day but like you know I my plan wasn't Michigan State either initially yeah. and so I think that does oh, well, like, and I, yeah I think that does change we know things. what happened with that because <laughs> I, that's I another story in the part of the reason <laughs> That's another story, but yeah, I made some bad choices in high school, and I also ended up at Michigan State. So, um, I I think though you're right. I think for the most part that is true, and so I think when you got there, it was like such a letdown because you had just 
kind of been on that whole belief of like, I'm not going to stay stuck in my small town life and this small town group of people. And I want to educate myself in a different way of living and meet different kinds of people and all the things. So I think when you got back to Michigan State, it was like that was like kind of it felt like a big failure for you. But I mean, and it was kind of funny, the timing, because like when you went back, I had just graduated and just left East Lansing. So we like kind of were like passing ships in the night. Um, Well, it's wild because we only had that basically one year in high school. Yeah. But we were together like every single day. Mm -hmm. And then I would come up to visit you at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to Breck, I mean, your family has a house in Breck, so you would be out there, and your parents were out there all the time, and every time your parents came out, like, I would get breakfast with them, Mm -hmm. or, like, do something with them, so it's like we managed to stay really close, and even though, like, we were never in the same spot, Mm -hmm. but then as soon as I moved to Michigan State, and, like, my whole just, like, attitude changed, and, like lifestyle and just like the way I was acting like that's when basically things started to like change in our relationship too yes and and I think it started to change for you and and our friend Olivia's relationship too because Olivia was at Michigan State at this time and her and Riley lived together and um this isn't Olivia's episode, but but like a lot, you know, shit just started to happen with that too. And yeah. I think because I was so close with you and Olivia and you guys were having a lot of conflict, I tried to stay out of it. And so anyway, um, that were you at, you were at MSU for two years, right? Three. Three. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> Three years. I lost so many credits when I transferred. Yeah. So many credits. Yeah. You basically were starting over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in those three years that you were there, in the beginning, we still were very close. I'd say like the first year. You guys, so here's the thing. For like the whole time with Riley, like there were there were there were things going on in our lives. And that's and that's you could say that about everybody. Like you're you know, when you're in your early twenties, you're a lot of shit happens to everybody. Like a lot of things change, circumstances change, relationships change, all those things. That's just a part of growing up. Um, so that was, we were not exempt from that, you know, like Riley's situation was changing. I was all over the place. I went to Michigan state and then I was an au pair in Australia and then I moved to Chicago and I would come home in between and Voldemort and I were always up, down, sideways, whatever, figuring our shit show of a relationship out. Like, and through all of that, I think like the point that Riley and I are making is like, we remained very close. We were always on very different wavelengths as far as just like life and what we were doing. But like we would talk, we would still talk. I, I really think like almost every day, def- like definitely yeah. every week. Um, and I felt like I would see you like all the time, at least every few months. I'd either be in Colorado or you'd be here or whatever. Like we would just kind of make it work. And um, it really started to change when, uh, like when R- Riley lived with Olivia at Michigan State. It started with Riley and Olivia's relationship kind of um, crumbling and mm-hmm. having a lot of conflict just because of roommate drums. 
And but also not even roommate drum, her fucking boyfriend that I hated. And him too. Um, he, he contributed most of it, which helped make me mean. Yeah. I was mean. Yeah. I was mean. I will admit it, I was very mean. You yeah, you did. But we're past that. Yeah. That was years ago. We're past yes, that. Yes, you I said some mean. pretty hurtful shit to Olivia, which was the last straw for Olivia. And yeah. what she was like, I'm not I and and whatever alcohol was involved like there was a lot of reasons that it happened the way it did but um olivia was like was like i'm done and so you guys are like trying to live together because you were roommates but like you were not friends and Mm -hmm. i felt like kind of monkey in the middle of all that at times even being in chicago like i was far away ish and um that's really when I started to notice though like your mental health really started to change and I was in a very different place then mental health wise than I am now or that I was two years ago in that I never really personally experienced I've always had depression but I I don't think I had as much um compassion for people at that point in my life and so I started to watch your mental health change and and like I not to say I was a bad I was a bad friend at in the beginning of that like I was like Riley like can I how can I help you like can you know I I see that you're depressed I see that you know things aren't your like your relationships are suffering your job is suffering your school is suffering like I feel like there's you need to address this and you know and I I felt there was months and months of that I felt like there was a lot of resistance from you of like acknowledging you'd be like yeah I know I need to I need to go to therapy or like I need to like figure this out but mm-hmm. um you never really did and then it was just like the same kind of toxic behavior there was a lot of just getting blackout drunk there and doing shit that was inappropriate there was and it was just saying mean things like the whole you know the way you said Olivia like all these things were just contributing and compounding and building and then at one point um you came and visited me in Chicago and I hadn't been really in person with you like that since I since I had noticed your mental health start to change and that was when and we like got into a pretty bad fight that trip remember you were like mad at me because I didn't like entertain you very well and I was like really tired from my vacation you guys I okay I'm just gonna tell this story I'm I'm gonna tell I do not remember this okay I'm gonna tell this story from my perspective so all this drama tell it and then maybe do you remember like what year this was 2016 so or 2017 Okay, I mean, yeah, it was one of those It was 2017. It was 2017. It was 2017. So. What month? Was this when. Wait, was this when. April. Okay. So it wasn't when we went to like the zoo or the pumpkin patch thing? No, that was 2015. Okay. You came to visit me quite a bit. I did. Okay. 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 Go on with the story. Let's see if it jogs my memory. Okay. So um, this was. April of 2017 and Riley had reached out and said I want I have a free weekend I want to come to Chicago and visit you and I'm like that's should be fine again like this is like my numero uno bestie I'm like that should be fine but like to be like fully transparent I just went on a trip to Florida and I'm fucking exhausted and I have a ton going on with work and school and I just really want like a chill 
weekend I don't want to do anything and I'm like so if you want like a to romp around Chicago like this is not the weekend for you to come like let's do a different time but if you want to just chill she's like no I just want to come see you like we can just chill on your couch whatever like no big deal and I'm like okay like you know I'm, I'm not doing anything so that's that's fine so Riley gets to Chicago that weekend and she's like as soon as she gets there she's like let's go out to the bar I'm like no Riley I literally said I don't want to do any of that like really I'm like I set the expect I felt that I set the expectation and so I was like no like I, we're st- I'm not trying to do that <laughs> She's like, I really want to go out. I'm like, no, we're staying here. If we stay there, the next day I had to work super early in the morning and I worked at a yoga studio at the time. Yeah. So she, I'm like, come take a free yoga class. Like, you no charge. She comes, takes a free yoga class. I'm like, after I want to go get a blowout. She's like, that's fine. I'm like, do you want to get a blowout? She's like, no, I don't want to pay for it. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I'm like, this. I was uh, pissed. She's pissed. We that oh, she's pissed. Blow- I was pissed at the blow dry bar uh, yeah so she's literally staring at me while I'm getting my blowout and I'm like there's she's like I'm hungry Katie I'm like okay there's like a bagel place over here there's this over there while I'm getting my hair done why don't you go walk and get something to eat no Katie we need to go get food together I'm like just go get a fucking snack Riley and like we're literally she's like being like a fucking baby in the dry bar she's literally (laughs) staring at me like death glaring me from across the store I'm like literally I cannot I'm like I am trying to have a chill weekend I was literally so pissed so we leave she's like this is so rude Katie like I just waited for you to work for a four-hour shift and then you had to go get a blowout and you didn't even think that your guest might be hungry I'm like Riley you're not really a guest you're one of my best fucking friends and I told you what the weekend was gonna be like what do you want from me I'm like let's go get a fucking burger so we go to this burger place and I was laughing so hard because Riley was wearing this like Detroit versus everybody sweatshirt and these dudes drive by in a car and they roll out the window and they go Detroit fucking sucks and Riley's like so then she's like all right I want to go see a movie and I'm like okay no first she's like then she wanted to go shopping I like took her to some I took her to like an REI store I like I was obliging her as much as I could but I was like annoyed I'm like I did not want to do any of this dude I was being such a bitch yes you fucking were so then she she makes me so then we're going to a movie and she's like what movie do you want to see I'm like well I'd like to see the live action of Beauty and the Beast because you know me I'm a fucking huge Disney fan and you're like I already saw that and I'm like oh okay you're like well I fell asleep during it I'm like so you didn't really watch it I'm like let's just watch it again and you're like I'm not wasting my money on a movie I've seen like but you haven't seen it (laughs) so then you made me pay for this like stupid shitty movie and then like after the movie it was like an awful movie and after I don't even remember what it was and then afterwards you were like did you like the movie I'm like no and it would have been better if we would have just went to see Beauty and the Beast and you're like I'm really not into your attitude and I'm like I was like literally about to slap the fuck out of you so like then like whatever it just like she kept going just kept going going so then like the next day is sunday and it's like finally time for her to leave she's like it's a nice You're day like, thank god she's like it's Get a really nice day and i really want to be outside i'm like where do you want to go <laughs> she i took her to like the lincoln park planetarium or i don't well not the planetarium the conservatory 
um, with all the plants. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we did, we like walked through there. And then afterwards, she's like, You're just, you just been on your phone this whole time. And like, we were meant to spend quality time together this weekend. And you've just been like looking at your phone and like not even paying attention to me. And I'm like, Riley, you're not my mom, my dad, nor my fucking boyfriend. I can be on my phone if I want to be on my phone. I'm like, you know why I've been on my phone? Because I've been on my phone so I don't scream at you because I'm so fucking irritated. And like, we're literally like yelling at each other in my apartment as she, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even driving you to your car. Call fucking Uber and you can go get to your car and get home. Goodbye. <laughs> and, you, and then your petty ass fucking posts on Instagram store and you're like, what a letdown of a weekend. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, I literally like called Olivia and when you're on your way home and I'm like, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Olivia was like, yeah, this is what I've been living with. This is what I've been living with. I'm like, okay, okay. So I was so irritated. So we ended up having this whole talk and I'm like, you know, that was not cool. And then after, literally after that trip, I feel that you changed, our relationship totally changed very quickly. I was, I had a much lower tolerance of dealing with your bullshit. Like, and like, whatever, all my friends at some, to some extent are dramatic, needy, all the things I you know they're like me yeah and so normally I like tolerate all my friends just like they tolerate me but my tolerance level for you like just dramatically went down and then I would see you like getting blackout and not showing up to work and like all these things and I'm like what the fuck is she doing like I just don't like what the fuck but we stayed friends you came and visited me like a, almost a year after that, you didn't come back for like a year after that. Um, and that's when we were in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day and Olivia was there with her ex-boyfriend and he broke up with her. Oh, and then we yeah. all ended up then, and she had to come stay with us because her ex-boyfriend dumped her and it was like a whole thing. So yeah. that was like, and you were very emotional about the fact that you and Olivia weren't friends and she yeah. was going through this really hard thing and like she couldn't you couldn't really talk to her because you guys had closed the door on your friendship at that point and i was and i was just like to be honest like at a tolerance level with you and so it was just like i just that was kind of like the last weekend i think we spent together that was 2018 and then um yeah, yeah, that was 2018. And then... Was that right before we graduated then in May? Mm-hmm, yes. Okay. And then you graduated, and I graduated from grad school in Chicago, and I moved back to Michigan, and then as soon as I moved back to Michigan, you moved right back to Colorado after you got your, um, your bachelor's degree. So, like, again, like, just like usual, we were, like, passing ships. And... Yeah. um. When you moved to Colorado, and so this is where I don't know. Do you want me to go into the story of what happened? You can go. Okay. So when you moved to Colorado, you it was like your first big girl job, and it we were all very excited for you, and you had interned with that company before, and so and they loved you and your internship and all the things, and you ended up 
getting your employment rescinded because you failed a drug test. And mm-hmm. we were like, all right, riled up, like just, <laughs> and, and they graciously were like, we'll let you retest, like just get it out of your system and we'll retest and we'll reoffer you yeah, your employment. So I got so lucky with that because the guy I lived with in, interned with them the like the year prior. So they knew I was living with him in a house with like five other people and we live in denver where weed is obviously legal Mm -hmm. uh weed wasn't legal yet in michigan i think right um and so like i told them hey i came home from work and there was a plate of cookies on the counter and i ate one she's out here lying this she's out here she's out here lying and i was like i had no idea i'm so sorry like and they were like okay like yeah we know like you live with a bunch of people and you live in Colorado like that could happen like totally believable <laughs> and they're like we'll let you read drug test and you're like okay and, I, and but yeah. that was hard for you because you were not you you were you loved the marijuana and yeah. that was I mean I smoked like every day yeah so that was hard for you and yeah. You know, we were like, all right, just do this for the job. Like, your career is important. As soon as you pass, you can smoke again. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. But it was really hard for you. Did you fully stop? But did you fully did get clean, though, I feel. So I fully stopped smoking. And they told me that they were going to drug test me, whatever. So I stopped smoking. And then the week that my drug test was supposed to be, they called me and they're like, oh, we changed our like rule for the drug test. You don't have to drug test until like two weeks before your start date. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I stopped smoking for however many months and now I don't even have to drug test. And so like I went right over to like my best friend Luke next door and Luke and I like were always smoking together and I was like Luke I just found out and he like he had just rolled the J and he's like Riley just smoke this all by yourself this is for you. <laughs> You're like I'm like thank you Luke. So but you ended up this. whatever like long story short you did end up getting passing the drug test the second time. I ended up passing the drug test when I had to take it getting the job and moving to Colorado thinking I had life so great company life car. figured out. Outside sales yep. like yep. the whole shebang gonna be making a great like salary plus commission my first year out of college like guaranteed to make 80k my first year out like I was like living at the top of the world like this is gonna be good and then it all came crumbling down meanwhile <laughs> she's still in the background getting like fucked up blacked out oh. is still super depressed is still yeah meanwhile being my depression and anxiety is out of hand being a super big bitch with alcohol. Being, being a super big bitch to her friends also overcompensating on social media don't lie there was like a there was a fair amount of overcompensation on instagram and whatever to like yeah portray an image that just wasn't real well i wouldn't even say it was instagram i'd say more snapchat i was always like at that time it was always snapchat and that i 
was one of the big problems between us too is because mm-hmm. we were in us i mean like your i'm like all your like close friends become really close with your parents yeah. like like i love my Kathy parents are Bess. yeah my parents like, are great yeah you know we can talk to them about anything like mm-hmm. Like, they become just, like, second parents to you. Mm-hmm. And they're the best. And so they're also really cool. And so we had a Snapchat group with Kathy and Gus in the Snapchat group. My mom is very of proud friends. of her Snapchat groups to this day. She has Kathy. a Kathy's Fitness Snapchatterers. And yeah. she, like, posts fitness content for her select people. And then she also has a dog walking group. And she um, just, like wants people to post dog and cat and just pet animal content. So she yep. like was very proud of these groups. She's had them for years, like a long time. Years. She still religiously posts on them every day. Every single day. Yes. And we live for Kathy's posts. We live and for it. I was going out all the time, drinking way too much, blacking out like every time I would go out almost, or if not blacking out, like browning out, like just drinking way too much. And I was always posting in our Snapchat groups to where like Kathy and Gus could see it. And And, like other people in their group, like, like that their friends, like, or yeah, whoever, cause Kathy like made the group or whatever. So it's like, Whoever she put in it was seeing all this. So it wasn't just like my friends plus like Katie's mom and dad. Like it was like plus Katie, like Katie's mom and dad's friends. And then like at at that time I had also had like my boss in there and like people that I was friendly with, but not necessarily like, like that. Because the, it was the Snapchat groups were made for like, Wholesome content. Wholesome content not, only. Wholesome content. Not Riley getting wasted, blackout drunk. Not Riley's friends doing naked keg stands on a work training event. Okay? Like, not that. Okay? That's what it was. Riley's fucking <laughs> posting. Like, the first night... So, she's at this work training, and she, like, posts... She posts some, like, fucked up content in my mom's <laughs> groups. And we're like, Riley, like, come on. Don't do that. And we, like, laughed at it. And then she does it a second night in a row. And this time, it's, like, this naked girl doing doing a naked taxi at an hotel room and i'm like enough I'm still is friends enough with her <laughs> i'm like enough is enough dude like that and so yeah we did get into a tip about that because people in the group were like riley what the fuck is wrong with you like don't do that and you're like they're so mean to me blah blah and i'm like okay well you removed me from the group no Remember? you no, you removed yourself or, i can't you can't oh, remove people myself. from groups oh okay i removed myself <laughs> yeah. okay you can't you can't you, trust me i know this because i looked You're into like, this i tried no to i didn't try to remove you but i've tried i tried to like remove bueller from the groups like just a few months ago and you can't do it they have to remove themselves um and he God didn't remove it, himself he yourself. didn't remove himself for like way too long after i'm like jesus anyway um so yeah no you removed yourself but you did you before you removed yourself you were like you guys are mean and whatever and we were like and then we had a talk and i was like that was really inappropriate though and i don't if you don't see how that was inappropriate like i don't know so we did get into like a tiff about that and i think a lot of people do get really comfortable with my parents especially my good friends but Mm -hmm. they're 
and you're not the only one that has crossed the boundaries there sometimes and like there and I've talked to my parents about this where it like kind of is my responsibility and my brother's responsibility to check people and remind people like I don't talk to my parents like that and like you shouldn't either <laughs> like you know yeah. like I've definitely had those conversations with multiple of my friends um because my parents are like super approachable and, and lovely and nice and all the things but like yeah there's just boundaries there right yeah definitely and um so anyway like yeah there was just moments like that where like Riley was just really my tolerance for Riley was low and I just wasn't having it and so she gets this job and she's still doing all these things and um you ended up getting let go from the job Mm -hmm. um because of some behavior that they didn't like it was that was the dumbest reason that I got let go. To this day, I will stand my ground that I, yes, I was in a bad like mental health space and whatnot and made some questionable decisions. But the reason that I got let go was fucked up and not right. Like I was on a team of twelve men, the only woman on the team. I was the youngest person on the team. The Everyone on the team besides one other person was between the ages of 35 and 55, all men. And I had my last um, training because I had to go to training for three months in a row, Mm -hmm. one week each month. And I had my last training. And every time that I went, all the people in my training group had every single Friday off to do their online book work for training. And they got paid to do that. My manager only gave me every other Friday off paid to do it. And at the time, my parents still had their place in Breckenridge. And I, he gave me a Friday off to do my book work. All these people that had Fridays off to do their book work paid never did their book work. They would show up to Minnesota without any of their book work done and copy mine the first two months that we went to training and copy mine. And I was like, didn't you guys get time off? And they're like, yeah, we get every Friday off paid, but our managers just say like, do whatever you want. Like, just make sure this is done before you have to hand it in in Minnesota. Like they don't care. And so when I had my last training and I had a Friday off and a bunch of my friends had Fridays off, I was like, I'm gonna go up to the mountains early with my friends that I invited up for the weekend. I'll get my training done on Sunday. I won't claim any time for it. Like, I'll do it, but I won't claim that I worked on Sunday. I'll just, what you know, exchange the hours from Friday to Sunday. flex your time. Yeah. And it will be done. As long as it done, it's done, it shouldn't matter. And so, honestly, had I just fucking opened my laptop and opened the stupid online book shit, I never would have gotten in trouble because it would have showed that I logged in. But since I didn't do that and I just went up and partied with my friends um my boss was like Riley why didn't you uh before I went to Minnesota like we had a meeting he's like why didn't you uh log in to do your online book work on Friday and I was completely honest with him told him the whole like story and was like I did it on Sunday I truthfully didn't think it would matter as long as I had the work done and I didn't claim any more time for it and he was like well I'm gonna have to talk to my boss about this and I was like, okay, like, I'm sorry. Like, it, I'm, it won't happen again. Like, I truthfully didn't think it would be a problem as long as I had work done. And so I go to Minnesota for the week. 
freaking kill it in training. Like, literally, I, like, you know me, I can sell anything and I like sales and I was like always just like participating. Yeah. And so, like, kill it in training. And I come back and I'm out with my trainer. And I'm about to get, like, my own territory. However, they didn't have a territory available for me at the time. So I was about to be done with training, but there was no territory for me available yet. And my um, boss, this was his first time being in a manager position and is, like, a district manager position. And he um, also was expecting his first baby. So I feel like he was kind of just like in the mindset of anything that just causes me like any amount of like stress or headache or like that I have to think about right now, like just needs to be cut off like as easy as possible. So I'm like out with my trainer and I have a meeting in the afternoon with my boss and I um, walk into the meeting and I'm just like, there's the other district manager here. Like in my head, I'm like, that's weird. Within five minutes, I don't have a company car anymore. I don't have a job. I don't have like my work computer. I left all my stuff in my trainer's car that I was with because I was supposed to go back to him. I call my trainer afterwards. That, mind you, has been training me for three months, has been with me every single day, Monday through Friday, sees how I interact with the customers, knows my work ethic. And I call him, I'm like, John, I just got fired. And he's like, no, you didn't, You're, you're joking. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did. And he's like, hold on, I'm with a customer. Like, let me call you back in like five minutes. And with it, like when he calls me back, I'm in, I'm home. They Ubered me home. I'm home with no job, no car, whatever. And John is just like dumbfounded. They didn't even discuss with him that they were going to fire me. Like to me, that just is like, are like, are you fucking kidding me? Like John's the one who knows my work ethic. So to me, it was just like, that was stupid. Like, yes, I sh- should have done my stuff, but also it shouldn't matter when I do it as long as it's done. Like to me, and that's why I don't like working for people because I don't like to be told what to do and when to do it. <laughs> like, as long as I cannot it's done, comment it on that at this time. <laughs> I cannot comment on being told what to do at this time. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. However, right, like on my end of this, that was actually the first time I've ever heard you tell that story because. Really? Yes, because I found out that you were let go. You told. Yeah, I didn't tell you. I, I didn't want to tell you. You did not want to tell me because you knew. I was scared of you. <laughs> you knew how I was going to react. And you were right. Um, and so at that time, well, like I was. This was in October and you found out in November, I think around. Well, Thanksgiving. I think I found out that you knew in November. Yeah, like Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't remember when I found out, but I did find out before. So. Okay, so from my, again, I said this earlier and I just kind of want to reiterate, over the last two years, my compassion and empathy and like just general patience for people has changed dramatically because, um, because of what I went through, point blank. Yeah. 
Um, and there was a time, I definitely am a very like blunt and harsh person. And that's what my friends love about me. And it's also what my friends fear about me because I'm like your biggest mirror as your friend. Like, and that I take that from my dad too. Like, I'm going to call you out on your shit. And like, sometimes that's very painful. And I don't think... I don't think I really fully understood like the depth of that impact that I had on some of my friends. And to me, it was like, oh, I'm just I just care a lot. Like I want my friends to be in a good place and like successful. And like if nobody like if nobody's going to tell them these things, like it's my responsibility as someone's very close friend. And like I'm not saying the way you went about it was wrong, was totally wrong. Like it, it didn't seem like you cared at all. It came off more just like harsh and mean and just like hurtful yes you know so so what ended up happening you guys was riley got let go and she didn't tell me because she knew that i was like gonna i was gonna say something and so she told she tells of like a mutual acquaintance friend who then tell told our friend olivia who we were talking about earlier and then olivia told me and i just was like whatever like and I wasn't even mad that Riley didn't tell me like I expected it and I wasn't surprised so but Thanksgiving rolls around and Riley comes back into town and she's like trying to make plans with me to like see me because she's around and I'm like kind of blowing her off like I'm just like oh yeah whatever I'm like not responding and I'm just like oh I can't like I'm you know doing this doing that and I'm just kind of blowing her off because I was so pissed off and like so just um all like my patience for her had just was completely gone and I'm like she just won't stop fucking up her life no matter how many times I have sat with her and said go to therapy deal with your mental health stop drinking so much like if you need to like you know be sober even from weed like do that like take care of yourself like you're a fucking adult college is over like get your shit together and she just wasn't doing that and so my and then I would see her like on social media just being a fucking mess and I'm like I I can't I was I like it was a mixture of frustration embarrassment like all like just all these like shitty feelings and so I just didn't want to be around Riley at that point. Like, I was like, I don't think me being and her and I being in the same space, like, would be healthy for either of us. So I'm just not even going to go there. So finally, like, at the end of Thanksgiving break that she urged when she was in town, she's like, she finally sends me a text and she's like, I just really wanted to see you in person because I wanted to tell you that I lost my job. And I was like, yeah, I know you did. (laughs) Like, I... And I'm like, yeah, I know you did. And you were, I remember you being like, why, like, why didn't you tell me that you knew? Like, why didn't you like say anything this whole time that you've known? And I'm like, cause you don't want to know what I have to say. And you were like, no, I do. Like, just tell me. And I sent her a novel text message that was just, I like, oh, you want, you want to hear what I have to say? Okay, bitch, let's fucking go. And I sent her a message that was so hurtful and so mean and it was all the months and months and months of built up frustration of just watching you deteriorate and like not feel and feeling like as a friend like I couldn't do anything about it and I was just and it 
came out and like in a very hateful, <laughs> mean way. And you didn't respond, I don't think, for like a month. Like I like that like just sat there. We did not talk for a very long time after that. And then I can't remember which one of us reached out first, but at some point, like a couple of months after that, we were in like December. It was no, it was December. And you you had reached out and you were like, hey, I, you know, I, I needed a lot of time to think about that. And like, you're not wrong and whatever. And I just can we I don't remember. But you basically I think you basically were just like, can we just like move on and like just pretend like you never said that? Because like that was super fucked up. And so you were like trying to be nice and like you'd be like, what are you doing for the holidays? And like just trying to talk to me and like. I eventually texted you I'm like I'm really sick of pretending with you that like I'm fine because it's not fine I'm still actually very fucking pissed off and like I don't really want to talk to you and and you were like all right like and it was just like so mean like I was just that like I was so angry and I was being so hateful and so I don't know so like probably a month after that I reached out, I had calmed down and I reached out and I was like, hey, I think we probably should just talk and like, you know, whatever. And you were like, you took a few days and you're like, okay, we'll talk. And then you texted me a a couple days after that and you were like, you know what, I thought about it and no. You're, you've been mean and hateful to me for the last several months. That's not the kind of friend that I want to be around or that I want in my life. I want people that can support me and care and be caring to me and kind to me no matter what I'm going through. And you're clearly not one of those people anymore. And like, we're done. And I was like, well, okay. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know what? Fair. That's, I deserve that. Um, And I did deserve that. And we didn't talk for like a year. Yeah. That was wild. Um, we did not we did not speak for a year, and then that fall, it was less than a year, but it was almost a full year. That fall, like that October November time, I think it was October, I reached out to you and basically it was like, it's just on my heart to tell you that I'm sorry for being a fucking bitch, and that was way out of line. And I and this was actually before the whole Voldemort thing happened, so I was like still yeah. with Voldemort. That you guys, I I kept saying like. You know, I just don't have, I didn't have that compassion for people before this happened to me. I, I, I kind of did. I mean, I did apologize to her, like, before any of that happened. Just a few months before all that happened. Like, things were starting to deteriorate with Voldemort. He had lost his job. Maybe that's why yeah. I reached out to you. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, like, I don't know the whole psychology behind <laughs> that. But um, I apologized, and you, like were obviously caught way off guard by getting that text from me. You were like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think you said that. You're like, uh, I didn't expect that. Um, yeah, because it was just so out of the blue and you were just like fully taking responsibility for just like how harsh and mean you were to me. And like, so, but like a lot of the stuff, like truthfully, I did need to hear, but it was just like the way that you said it, that was so hurtful. And it was just like, wow. Like, I think I my, still have the screenshots of it. <laughs> I probably do too. Yeah, I probably do too. <laughs> I think I still like, have Well, it. I mean, cause I remember, cause my parents didn't live in, don't live in Michigan anymore. And at the time they didn't either. Like this was after they had moved. And we were staying at one of their friends' houses because they were out of town for Thanksgiving. So they were like, oh, just come stay at our house while we're so out we, of town. So, we, yeah, so we ended up getting together when you were in... Yeah, so you ended up coming in town and yeah. we 
got together and had dinner just the two of us and I again I think it's one thing to like say sorry over a text message and it's another thing to say like to own it face to face and I did that though like I was like again I was a bitch that was such an emotional dinner (laughs) you're sobbing the whole dinner wood shop right at the wood shop you're literally sobbing like sitting right across from like the bar and wanted like by the like pizza oven right were we like right there yep yep (laughs) Yep. And like you're literally like sobbing. I'm like sobbing. And I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, yeah, I'm such an asshole. And, and like and you I think it really spoke to like the depth of like how much I did really hurt you by what I said and like it's one thing to like tell people the truth, but it's another thing to just be like a bully I'm and crying right I know now. I'm, like, I'm like she's crying right now, but I'm not going to like acknowledge it. She's She's emotional about it still. But, like, yeah, no. And I'm on my period right now, too. So this is, like, not the best time to be doing it because I'm extra emotional. And I'm already an emotional person. (laughs) You cry, girl. You let it out. Um, My my emotions are also out of whack from my antidepressant medication. Um, Anyway, so, like, so, yeah, no. I think... It was a very emotional dinner because, like, we were best friends and then we were nothing. And there yeah. and there was just so much, like, anger there and I and resentment and all these things that, like, I had wanted to say in a nicer way, but, like, I didn't know how to say in a nice way. And so I just didn't say anything at all because that's what they say. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And But for me, like that resentment just built up and built up until it like exploded and you just got the brunt of that. And it was so mean and it was not supportive and not helpful. And um, I, and that's why I reached out because it's like, for me, it's like, I hold people accountable for their shit. But but because I do that and because I pride myself on that, like I need to hold myself accountable. And like when I'm in the wrong and I know I was in the wrong for something and I could like I could have just been like, you know what? Yeah, I was wrong for that, but I've never said a word to you about it and like Mm -hmm. just gone on with my life and not said anything. And that's that's not right either. Like, you know, and I I needed you to know that, like yeah like maybe what I said was true to some extent but that doesn't matter it was fucking mean it was mean and it was shitty and it was unsupportive and like you said the way I went about it was was awful and so I you know I took responsibility for that um and I think it was like very healing for us to like be able to have that conversation and for like me to be able to be the bigger person and be and acknowledge when I was wrong it took a long time to do that but I did that and I'm glad I did. I because because of all those years we had, I mean, there were so many like really hard things that I went through that like you really oh, I'm going to get emotional. You really like were like I'm thinking of all the I'm already sobbing. So, <laughs> like silently crying right now. I, know. See I see your face. tears. I see your tears. Um <laughs> There were so many breakups with Voldemort and everything that happened to me in Australia when I was sexually assaulted and really hard things that I went through that like you were kind of my ride or die for. And there was definitely like 
that that was hard to like get over that friendship breakup and that you know hence why we're well, having like, this think time. about it think about it like we were like the person we called for everything like whether we were happy whether we were sad like excited mad like no what like caught like we always were calling and then like all of a sudden it's like that person was gone like yeah. just like like and it was like also it was just like fake for so long too it was like like um forced for yep. so long you know for those few years like, before that like leading up to it they're like like yeah. leading up to it like the last like the last yeah. year and two years between before- like michigan state it like ba- like basically transferring to michigan state like that whole time and moving back to colorado so from like 2015 to 2018 our, our relationship was 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 pretty forced and I think that's when I rocky there was so yeah. much resentment and anger built up and I think finally at like the end of 2018 I was like I'm fucking done and I just I think it and I think when I sent you that message like I knew that that would would probably be the end like yeah. I don't well I mean I read it my mom my because I read it and I was in front of my parents and I just like started bawling and my yeah. mom's like what's wrong and like my mom read it and she's like Katie sent you this like our Katie like yeah like you know like it was just like but like it like I like in the back of my head like I knew something like that was coming and like I was making terrible decisions. I was in a really, like, thank God since then I've gotten into therapy and I've gotten on medication mm-hmm. and I've, like, worked on myself and I've, like, have put in the work and I still have a lot of work to do. But, like, like I was in a bad spot and, like, you got the brunt of it. But, like, also, it's like, from my point of view, I was there for you when you were in a lot of bad spots like and I was there for you that whole time and then it's like when now when I'm in a bad spot you're just like well fuck you like you're fucking up your life I'm not here to watch you fuck up your life like you're not gonna listen to me I don't really care see ya yeah you know it was just yeah it was like it was so unsupportive like I said and just so let me blow my nose God damn it. You know what was funny, Riley? Because I, before we started recording, I was like, maybe you should grab a box of tissues. But I didn't want to be presumptuous. I definitely, I ran out of tissues. I got this damn paper towel. Like, Take a breath. So Ooh. I think too, I'm glad that we reconciled or whatever but I think that year and that initial like when you came back and we're like no like that's you didn't behave how a good friend behaves yeah because like I'm also like I'm also blunt and I'm gonna tell you how it is too all my friends are you're not my friend if you're not blunt like we can't be friends I hold people to their shit too and I might be a little slower to it sometimes or like need to take my time but I was like dude, fuck this. She's not getting away with treating me like this. Like, mm-hmm. that is not how you treat someone who you have a, a relationship with. Like, And I think, too, like... But for me, that was such a, like, I don't know, realization of, like... People can say a lot of things about me, and they do. <laughs> and they still do. 
but you can't say like for the most part I've held myself to a standard that you that it's really hard to prove I'm being a bad friend or that I'm being unloyal like and I think for me it was like hmm like I've never been on the receiving end of that and so I that was that took me a long time to like wrap my head around it but it was hurtful it was like and it is rightfully so like it was correct but it but it was hurt not that you hurt me it was like I I that was you like realized yeah. like it, it was hard yeah. it was painful to take responsibility for that I guess is my point and yeah. um I think too like the timing of it was really interesting because when we we reconciled and like made up but like I think just the timing of it was really interesting because then well where did it go from me texting you being like no you can't treat me like this we didn't talk from January to October and then we went to the dinner together in November oh so then so then when we when we went to dinner together after we went to dinner together and we were like okay like I'm sorry we cried it out hugged it out yeah 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 you know, you went back to Colorado and I was like pretty, and I don't even remember if I had been, I probably wasn't. I don't think I was very upfront with everything that was going on with Voldemort at that point. That was like when things were starting to deteriorate with him for realsies. And then, yeah, we broke up so many times, you guys. Riley was like, in, was witness to Dude, all that. Dude, I hated Baltimore from... Shut the fuck up. All my friends are like, we hated him. From the day I met him. Okay, all my friends hated but then him. then I accepted him. I accepted him. Everyone learned to accept him, even my parents. And it's like, now that like we're broken up, everyone's like, and if Baltimore, you listen to my podcast... You're welcome for this because you don't deserve it. But but it's so funny because now that we're like broken up, people are like, I hated him. And it's like, yeah, you did. But you also like ex- everyone accepted him after a while. Well, because we loved you. That doesn't yeah. mean we still didn't hate him. We <laughs> still hated him. We just accepted him. You accepted and him because I loved him. Yes. Yes. Thank God you don't love him anymore and never will again. No. Um, <laughs> he literally... <laughs> oh man he's really not gonna love me when he finds out what my next podcast episode's about anyway um so he yeah so i like you were just witness to all those things like you said i was in some bad spots you were always there to support me um and i didn't reciprocate that but to be fair i was in some bad times but like nothing comparative to what I was about to go through and didn't know that I was about to go through and if you haven't listened to part one or part two of my story that's what I'm talking about um so this so Riley and I's reconciliation happened uh what three or four months before that before the abortion and the baby mama drama and all that what was that like November of 2019 November of 2019 we reconciled and then April of 2020 is when I found out about everything and I got pregnant and all that um so during that time when everything was happening a very very small number of people knew what was going on um 
I'm trying to remember when I finally did tell you, but what I remember from telling you, it was much later. It was much later. It was like months later. Yeah. Um, and I remember you like break, like breaking down crying. You're just so you are an emotional, empathetic person. Um, and I'm like, not, I'm telling her this and I'm like not crying. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, Voldemort got me pregnant. I found out he has another kid. Like well, the whole you thing. Have, you have cried all the tears. You I literally have that. cried. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we said at the yeah. time. I was like, I Riley, yeah. I can't cry anymore. I'm sorry. Um, and Riley's crying. And I feel like, yes, part of your tears were just feeling so bad, like for me that that had happened, but and you can tell me I'm wrong, but I also feel like part of that was like sadness that like you weren't one of the first people to know or like be, there was a time that you would have been one of the only people that knew that that was happening. Yeah, definitely. Because like, like I said earlier, like we, like we told each other everything. We were the first per- people like we called, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm crying. Again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, like, I think that was the point because it's like, you know, we envision like our wedding one day and who our bridesmaids are going to be and like all this stuff. And I feel like that was the point where I was like, shit, like, Kate, like maybe Katie and I like aren't ever going to be as close again as we were. Yeah. And, you know, it's like our friendship is something that like was and still is really important to me. <laughs> And so, yeah, definitely I was sad because I was like, damn, like, I haven't been, not that, like, not in, like, a, why wasn't I the first one to be told it way, just, like, damn, like, I haven't been there for her, like, through this. Like, I, I wish didn't I could allow have been. It. Like, I didn't allow it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't. Yeah, you didn't allow it. Yeah. And, like, I, like, and, but, like, you know, part of that is because of my actions and, like, where, like, we weren't back to a a good like we were still kind of in like an awkward friendship phase well it's hard too because you live in Colorado and I live in Michigan so it's like when you have such a big falling out and then you try to reconcile like part of how you rebuild that trust and relationship is like spending time together and like we you know it was like impossible to do that so it was like we were on um very friendly terms like and it was like but it was all like on social media it was all very surfacey it wasn't like it was like hey how you doing hope you're well it wasn't deep it wasn't like no it wasn't like a true like best friendship no. you know you know and i yeah. and i think so you know but it's like we still had that trust there. I th- we have that we history. Yeah, I think we, we had that history yeah, we there. We have that history, and like, yeah, like, like we're both very loyal people. Like, we're loyal to our people to the day we die. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how we are. So I think that too, like, has some, like, you know, is why you've felt comfortable telling me, but like, you weren't ready to tell me, like, right. I wasn't really ready to, like, tell anyone, really. And so, like, the people that knew about it were, like, people that I talked to, like, every single day. So it was, like, there would be no way that they wouldn't know what was going on. It was also COVID. 
Like, it was the thick of the pandemic, very isolated. So I really wasn't seeing anyone. Like, not to say, I'm not trying to say, Riley, that, like, my friends, all my friends knew, like, right away. I mean, no one really knew right away that it was going on. Um, and that was also something that was really different for me because, you know, like normally like and still even now, normally when anything happens to me, I'm like calling all my girlfriends. Every, yeah. Guess what? Like, you know, I, what do I have a story for you? I'm always the girl that has a story. Hence why I have a storytelling podcast. I always have a fucking story for everything. And um, so it was definitely like one of the only times in my entire life that I didn't immediately pick up the phone and like tell someone what was happening. Um, but yeah, I didn't tell you till like months later. And I think that was for you like a moment of like, like our relationship really isn't the same. And, and how do you, and like, how do you even say that in that? Like, I know like, you weren't going to say that in that moment cause it wasn't the time, but like, I knew that too. I just like wasn't really able to like go there because I wasn't able to go there. I was very depressed, suicidal, like all the things. Yeah. Um, but that's my point is like br- friendship breakups are so understated as something that's really emotionally difficult. And like, I think we talk all the time about relate like relationship breakups and breaking up with you know people that we're dating or married to but I think when you have a friend for years and years and it's this like blow up whatever imploded relationship it did feel like even in the months of us like leading up to our friendship ending it, it felt like and i <laughs> I know you like haven't had a breakup but it did feel yeah. like the end of a relationship when you're like this doesn't feel good like this doesn't feel right and I know this is coming like when you're anticipating a breakup to happen it felt just like that like it did feel very similar um and I think that a lot of women go through that with with their bestie and or someone that they you know lose a friendship with and you don't get to like grieve about it because people are like that was just a friend like why are you grieving about that like you know what I mean? But it's like, I totally believe in, like, friend soulmates. Like, you totally have, like, friend soulmates, you know? That you just, like, get each other and click. And, like, you are, like, each other's person. And then, like, when you do get in, like, arguments and, like, have, like, a breakup, like, it hurts. Like, it does hurt. It's so painful. I know someone that's going through a friend breakup right now, and I don't know her super well, but I can, like, see... It reminds me of what happened with us, like, it and how painful it is, and, like... Well, and, like, you know, like, one of my best friends out here, uh, Julia, she, like, went through a friend breakup a couple years ago, too, with a good girlfriend of hers, And they did, like, everything together. And, like, it was really hard on her. So it's, like, I know a bunch of women at least go through this. Like, it's hard. It is hard. And I think it's hard. It's even harder when both people, like, are good people and have good intentions. But things just kind of got 
mixed up and jumbled up because of life and emotions and just being human and yeah. i think it's it's even harder and more painful though and like the that was the intention was never that and like and that's why you know i'm glad that we were able to mend but like we've said i mean once you go through a friendship breakup it's like going through a breakup with your boyfriend if you you can get back together but i'm fucking telling you it is not the same and mm-hmm. like i had that experience with voldemort over and over every breakup that like we went through and then getting back together like i almost in my mind like those are like separate relationships to me <laughs> truly and because voldemort was so like fucking crazy but like <laughs> part of that was him but but yeah. my point is is that it, it forever changes things it forever changes the dynamic you never forget it you never you never once you have that someone hurts you like that you don't just get to take it back ever you can apologize and you can say i want to move on and this is how i'm going to move on and this is how i've accepted responsibility and and that's all very healing and wonderful but i don't know it just takes like the 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 word coming to my head is like purity out of it (laughs) or like that like like there's no like there there was no history and now there's like a history and like and it's just and I think for you and me it really is that we live like so far away in separate states so it's like it's not like I'm like on a Saturday like yo Riley like not that you don't even drink anymore but like yo like (laughs) let's go you know do whatever and I think too what's but what's really helped too is that since all that happened to you like you have done the work and you have you are really trying and I can feel like and not trying with me I'm, I'm saying like in your life and like trying to do yeah. the work and like get yourself to a place of just being happy and doing something that you love professionally and I know you're trying and that's and like Olivia and I were just talking about that when I went to visit her is like that's the Riley that we know and love and I feel that that's really coming back for you and I like you said you know we all still have work to do and things to figure out but that's I can see like the old Riley coming back and I think that's been lovely to see and and to and to watch you, you to watch you kind of bring to work on yourself and do the work on yourself not because of anybody not whatever of just committing to yourself in a healthier way and so I hope you keep doing that and I'm still gonna be your cheerleader and I'm still your your girl I'm still like here for you always and I know it's the same for you um yeah friendship breakups fucking suck you guys and they're hard and you know they're emotional (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then, very emotional. Riley's like, I fucking hate you. She's staring at me like, <laughs> like I hate you so much. Um, oh man. Yeah, it's it's an understated experience that many women experience. I don't think guys go through this in the same way. I don't think they do either. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I feel like if guys. Paul and Bobby would be like, what the fuck, Riley? Like, this is drama. <laughs> this is so stupid. What Paul and Bobby are Riley's this? brothers. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I know. But 
but I just feel like and I grew so Riley and I both grew up with two brothers and I too I feel like when guys have like a disagreement as like besties or whatever it's not this like dramatic thing they're like no they're like they're, they're we're either gonna fight about it or like we're gonna scream at each other and then it's done and they just move on or they just don't talk and they never talk about it <laughs> I, right. you know um but like honestly guys need to learn to talk about shit <laughs> I, so, I need to do a whole episode like, on communication styles of men. Oh my god, their communication styles. I don't know who I should bring on. What man in my life should I bring on for that? They oh, all. Every, every guy I'm thinking of, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you, need, you don't need my podcast. You need a therapist. <laughs> yeah. like, everybody needs a therapist true true oh true true God. true everybody needs a therapist i think you've done a lot of growing and self-reflection because you're in therapy because and it's not been perfect and there's been some hiccups well there have been some major hiccups but you know your mental health and therapy is it's a up and down always it's not a linear line it's not you're always you're always moving up but sometimes you'll take a little dip and then you'll go back up again (laughs) and then you might take a little dip and then you'll go up even higher you know i can say i've had some recent relapses um in my own healing and it's okay i'm still healing i'm still healing you know honestly i think the major key is just being self-aware and being able to accept responsibility and take ownership for making a mistake and then doing something about it and not repeating the same mistake twice correct you got to learn from your mistakes you know and we all make mistakes we're humans we all make bad decisions sometimes and honestly you just have to learn from them and if you keep repeating the same bad decision or mistake over and over, that's where the problem is. But if you make a mistake or do a bad decision once, twice, it's not the end of the world. Just learn from it. I think and that's and keep going. I think that was your big takeaway. My big takeaway was you get to love people through their bullshit. Yeah. And just like you, just like I want people to love me through my bullshit and when I'm at my lowest and doing, making questionable decisions and loving me anyway, I get to do that to my people. And I don't have to be, I don't have to be in control. I don't have to be telling everybody what to do and how to live their life because if you look at my life choices, you don't throw stones. People in glass houses cannot cast stones. Isn't that like the, the saying? <laughs> I have no idea. Basically, like, don't be a fucking hypocrite. So um, I'm glad that we were able to have this very therapeutic and healthy, open, transparent conversation. I think, I hope it inspires women that have some, like, weird juju with their bestie or former bestie to, like, talk about it. Um, yeah I mean also take a look inward and maybe look at it's not like it's a two-way street you know like it's not all the other person's best fault or or best fault (laughs) all the other person's fault fault it's relationships are a two-way street we all have you both contributed so you have to take responsibility for like your actions but like 
the other per like you can't just let the other person get away with like how they were acting either like you have to hold them accountable but you also have to hold yourself accountable yes hold each other accountable and love each other and forgiveness is a beautiful thing and you know one thing I do want to say that has nothing to do with you and I but has to do with friendship breakups (laughs) is even though like Riley and I are saying like basically as long as you apologize it's okay there is a limit to that and if you're gonna be like full of hatred and anger and revenge and you just you need to like be realistic of like choices that you make in a friendship that forever end a friendship okay if you're gonna be there there's different levels of friendship breakups that's my point okay ours is an example of like two good genuine loyal people that just had a miscommunication and that's a different thing than like you fucked your bestie's boyfriend or something okay like it's not the same thing (laughs) so just that caveat there but yeah talk to people own your shit even if you did fuck your best friend's boyfriend own that you are kind of shitty own it yeah that's really shitty own it own that you did that and then maybe go to therapy because there's some underlying things happening there anyway riley I wish the best for you, you know that. And we're and I'm going to watch you continue to flourish and live your best life out there in Denver, Colorado. And Thank you. I've got to get out to Colorado. I haven't been out there in yes, so long. Do. I keep saying every year I'm going and then I never do. So, it's been a long time since I've been out there. Well, you've never even been to Denver really, have you? Cuz you always just go to Brack. I know. I know. Yeah, so you got to come out here. You and Liv should come out here. Yes, that would be so fun. Oh, well, you guys, what a fun episode of Bitch, You Need to Hear This. Sorry for all the tears, but there's a lot of laughs, too. And <laughs> My tears. Katie doesn't cry because she doesn't have a soul. Right. <laughs> No, here's my problem. I cry, and like when I cry, I like cannot stop. But then when it's like in a situation that's like maybe appropriate for me to cry, it's like not there. But like I'll cry in like the most inappropriate situations, and I'm like, why am I tearing up right now? Like, stop it. Um, anyway, yes, I know I have no soul, but that's fine. My cousin told me at her wedding this fall that I have no no heart no heart because I wasn't crying my grandma's favorite song being played at, during the wedding perfe- processional <laughs> my cousin's oh bawling my in her wedding dress and I'm like smiling she's like why are that you crying like and I'm like I don't have feelings I don't know <laughs> that sounds like something she would say so true Anyway, this has been a fun week. I don't know. Maybe somebody will get some tears out of me in one of these episodes. It might be the next couple episodes. I'm not going to tell you guys because what's coming up because um, it hasn't been fully 100% confirmed, but it's like 90% confirmed and it's going to be juicy. So okay. um, I'm excited. Yeah. I don't even know. Stay tuned. for the oh. next couple episodes a bitch need to hear this katie i just wanted to say that you know that i love you and i am so proud of you for just like taking the leap with this podcast you have been talking about this with me for quite a while before you started it I and i 
always told you to go for it and that I knew you would be an incredible podcast host. And I am just so excited to see where this goes. I just think it's going to go, I think it's going to be huge. And I think what you're doing is incredible. And a lot of women are going to benefit from hearing other women's stories. And I just am so proud of you. I love you. And thanks for having me on. This was fun. Thank you for coming on, Riley. You are the bomb.com. You're so, like I've said, and if you haven't gra- gathered from this episode, Riley is seriously like the most, one of the most loyal people and so supportive and um, des- just deserving and con- just so fucking kind. And, um, that's why we've been friends. <laughs> so sorry. That's why we've been friends for so long because we are like she just she's just so sweet and emulates that all the time and she is really genuine. Genuine is the word I'm looking for. Um and that's and that's I'm sticking to it. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. So um Callie just walked on the screen at the perfect time because yeah. she agrees, don't you? Yes, look at her. Hi, Callie girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. This has been a very fun week of bitch. You need to hear this. I am your bitchiest host in all of the land, Katie P. And I will see you next week.